1: Wolverine Nation, you're inside the Michigan Huddle, listening to the Michigan Huddlecast with Jared Bunch and Jamie Morris, former Michigan Wolverines. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to the Michigan Huddlecast on iTunes, or you can find the Huddle Pass app in the Apple App Store. Or you also can find it at Google Play Store, either one of them. Just search the Huddle Pass app, that is, H-U-D-D-L-E-P-A-S-S. We've got a great episode of the Michigan Huddlecast in store for you today, so stay
0: tuned. You're listening to Huddle Pass, the official voice of former college athletes.
1: Welcome to another installment of Michigan Huddle Pass. We've got a special guest joining us on this week's Huddle Call is Angelique Chingales from the Detroit News. Hey, well, Detroit News, baby. Come on, you can say it. <laughs> Don't be scared, baby. Jamie, <laughs> you want you know me I- to say it? Yeah. No, Detroit I can. Jamie can say it. He knows <laughs> Detroit News, and she covers Michigan football. And what a year to cover Michigan football. We we've had. Uh, a very interesting year. No one expected, well, I, at least I didn't. Uh, Jamie, did you expect us to have a nine and three season this year?
0: I said eight and four, baby. You I know, with the
1: Jim Harbaugh. Hey, Jim Harbaugh is back. You knew it was going to be an eight and four. He he can improve. No, did know that because I, I said seven and five. But uh, I'm yep. glad. And and the thing, the funny thing is, uh, we're nine and three, but we clearly we could have been you know, we could have been a one-loss team.
2: But uh Definitely. Could, I mean, it definitely could have been a one-loss team, but I I mean, I thought I'm I'm with you. I thought 7 and 5. And I'd like to know who Jamie thought that uh that extra win that, that Jamie thought they'd have, but um going into the season because I I thought it would be tough to beat Michigan State and Ohio State even though those games were at home. I mean, they're just, you know, they've got almost like a a couple of year head start in a way if you want to look at it that way. And and Jim's just starting here, you know, trying to develop something and, and boy, I think he's really developed a different attitude. I mean I, I don't know how you measure that, but I think you sense it, you see it with the way they they played this season and I think that's an unbelievable starting point. And I, I am I am surprised by nine and three. You know, I said like I said, I'm surprised,
1: but clearly the first game, Utah, that we could have won that game. Mhm and the michigan state game which just makes me i mean ill every time i think about it that to me michigan looked like the better team against michigan state so that's another thing that uh, another game that we could have won so we could have been sitting right now at at one loss so coming from a team where i thought they were going to be 7 and 5 and they end up 9 and 3 could be you know a one loss team I'm, uh, where, do we, is it only the coaching? I mean, that's the only difference. Is that, is the coaching that big of a difference?
2: Yeah, I think so. I I think the coaching, for sure, and I I think also, you know, Jim brought in some very important pieces. Uh, Jake Rudock, huge, a huge addition, and, you know, one year left of eligibility, had been a two-year starter at Iowa, so he brought that kind of experience. I thought that was a big piece. And then you've got Jabril Peppers, who's healthy this year. I, I mean, he was he was here, so Harbaugh didn't bring him in. But, you know, then you look at the punter. I, I think overall, Blake O'Neill's had a, a pretty impactful game, season, and you could look at it uh, in the opposite way in the Michigan State game, of course. But, um, yeah, I do think with those additions and then with the, this coaching staff, NFL caliber, you know, coaches who know how to adjust during a game, and know how to break down opponents before a game, you know, in in, in a little more, um, I guess, more of a professional manner. I I thought that was – I didn't know how you'd measure that either going into the season. I don't know if that would make that big of a difference, but I think it did. I don't know. Jamie, you think
0: the coaching did? I think you hit it right on the head. I think the coaching and the quarterbacking of Jake Rudock. I think think Jabril Peppers being healthy because he was the most exciting player – that we have that plays both ways as well as special teams, I think overall, I think the the offensive line coming together this season, it took a season to get them to come together, but the, their play was and, and and I think the key is how well the defense did play at times the key but but the coaching and the quarterback were the real key i mean as I, I, I know Jared's going to get on me a little bit, but If you think about it, it's what this coach brought to Michigan that they haven't had in the past, in the past eight years, I'll say. Mm -hmm. And they had a quarterback that that stood straight up and he was able to throw the ball. There was no – he had a chance to throw the ball down the field. And you had receivers develop. Jake Butt Butt coming coming, coming to his own. So you've had great – you have players playing around this quarterback position. And – the evolution of Jake Rudock, who now is considered a NFL-caliber quarterback, if we if we can say that. Yeah, but you know what I I got a question. You know you know
1: I'm gonna question you on this one because <laughs> <laughs> because I uh, look at the offense, the actual offense. What I really was impressed well impressed uh, I'll say impressed is that this coaching staff did not. Um, just stick with, you know, uh, what has been so popular around college ranks, and that is running the option, that uh, option read uh, out of the shotgun every play. They brought back a I brought back the use of the fullback, um, where there are some teams in the NFL that don't even have a fullback on the team, and in colleges. Tell me how can you name ten colleges that use the fullback? That this, you know, that to me that was what was the biggest biggest um, surprise and biggest uh, jolt to this offense that I think happened because it, prior they they started running that the shotgun and you know the, whatever I can't I can't I don't even know what the name of the offense is.
2: But the read that,
0: option, yeah, the Fred, read option all the time.
1: I mean, Right, and then, and then we, it's like we never, we never um, tried to go back to a regular, traditional
0: pro offense. I mean, but you got to look at the the, the players that uh, the previous regimes brought in. I mean, if you if we're talking about previous players, I mean, Denard Robinson was not a get under the center uh, type of quarterback. Then uh, put him at I mean, running back, which that's what he did in the in the pros.
1: And moved him yeah. you, you understand? I mean, if he if he if he is winning games, then great. But if you're not winning games, then you got to switch. You can't keep trying to do the same thing and still you still lose. No, well, right. well,
2: that's He was Rich Rodriguez's. You know, he was building his offense around Bernard, and then. You know, you have Denard. your only experienced guy when Brady Hoke comes in that first year. So I agree with you. I mean, Denardi in my mind is a running back, but um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how else you could have used him that that first year for Brady Hoke, And obviously they had success. And um, you know, you look at back at those years and you just you wonder if Devin Gardner was really allowed to develop properly. And, and that's why you look at Jake Rudock now and you think, wow, okay, you know, this is a guy who's had a chance to develop and be the kind of quarterback that that this offense needs. And I'd agree with you, too, on the fullbacks. I mean, you see Huma really emerged and um, gave this the, the run game a little bit of a boost. I mean, it, it definitely had injuries through the, those ranks, so he was a big plus, I thought, toward the end of the season. But, you know, I, I'd have to disagree. I'd go back to the Jamie, you know, about the offensive line. I thought it got better, but it's, it's, still, not, it's just still not a great Michigan offensive line. Well, no, I mean, it's I think not there. A couple of years no, away. No, it's not there.
0: Right. It's not there,
2: but
0: there's pieces there. There, yes, are, pieces there are pieces there. But it's not fully. And You know what? It, it, let me say this. If we would have had a great offensive line, Brady Hope would still be the coach.
2: Well, that's true, true, but, you know, you feel bad for Brady Hope. The first season he got there. I think he had six scholarship offensive linemen, so he did have to build that position. Sure. um, But, yeah, no, you're probably right. He probably still would be, and Devin Gardner would not have taken nearly as many hits that he took during his career, but, um, no, I definitely agree. It's made improvements. It's just still not close to being a a Michigan-type offensive line that I know you played behind, and um, that that we 've seen for so many years here in this program
1: which which will gets me to one of the questions that came in and and um, the question deals specifically to recruiting, but as we 're talking about the line, um, we could pick up some big time uh, offense alignment and this the question is what do you think that the recruiting class will end up this year, and I think they're 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 referring to uh, um, you know, five-star, four-star offensive linemen. I see we, you know, we have possibility of picking up um, some five-star running backs, but uh, what do you think our, re- how do you think our recruiting has
2: gone so far? I, I mean, I think he's attacking it. He's obvious. I mean, you know, he did that as soon as he got here. And I think that you look at, at needs. I mean, I think you look at offensive line, you look at running back for sure you look at you got to look at linebacker too. They need to to, to address that, and I mean they're going to have an enormous class, and um, you know they've got I don't know you know like eight or eight or so four star, you know, and, I, and I'm reluctant to use the stars because I never know what those what those really mean. <laughs> so don't give you know, the star. I'm, give the star. you know, you know, and I think Michigan State's proven that over the last couple of years that the stars don't mean anything, but they do generally give you a feeling about, about how players going to produce and develop in, in college. But, yeah, I mean, they've got a couple big offensive linemen, linemen coming in from Wisconsin, from Maryland. I think what's really curious about the class is that there's really no Ohio presence on there. And um, so I, I don't think – you know, I think he is attacking it by going with those satellite camps in the summer looking all around the country. He's not just going to focus on Ohio. And while that would be great to keep that alive – in terms of the rivalry, it's just, he, he knows he has to identify athletes. And those athletes are in Texas and Florida and, um, you know, California, and that's what he's done. And, and I, he's going to be a huge class, and, and I think that's why I say two years down the road is when you start seeing his mark on – Jim Harbaugh's mark on this team as, as developing into a, a contender.
0: Totally agree with her. I totally agree. Michigan is a nationally recruiting school. And we've got to become a national recruiting school if we're going to compete with the the Ohio states, the Michigan states, and everything like that. I think uh, his approach, the satellite camps, a wonderful idea. And as long as they're legal, you keep doing it. I don't care who it makes mad. Um, I think you uh, take advantage of the opportunity. I don't think he has a star system in his head. He wants the best player and he's mm-hmm. and he's one of those guys is hands on. I want to meet the guy. I want to meet the people around the guy. I want to talk to the people around this guy. What kind of a guy is this guy? He could be a two star according to the newspapers and everything, but what kind of what kind of player is this guy with the people, with his players and what does he look like on film? That's mm-hmm. what that, I mean, that's old school and that's the way he's going to do it and he's proven that he's proven it. Over time, look at what happened at Stanford. He's gotten players, and he has—he's already got in built in that what type of player he wants and what he's looking for. He wants a fullback. He wants a tight end. He wants big offensive linemen. He obviously wants big defensive linemen. Okay, he needs—he needs a game breaker and a running back, and, and yeah. he's got to—he's got to be able to stretch the field. So these are the things that he wants, and he's going to want a quarterback much like himself. I hate to say that, but it's much like himself. <laughs> Who, if, if he gets in trouble, he can improvise and make things happen.
1: Which, which sounds all good. Which, which brings me to, to this question: You know, we talked about the nine and three record this year. Next year, uh, what uh, do you think? We're obviously we we think we'll have a better team because they've been around for a longer time, um, but we will lose some 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 players, obviously. But will there be a Will it be a better record next year, or will they be able to improve on a 9-3, next, 9-3 record next year? Well, that's a good question.
2: I, I think they open not looking at the schedule, I think they open with five straight home games, I think. So that's a plus. And I know that they moved the Penn State game earlier in late September, and um, so I think that sets up a Big Ten race that will be, you know, they go to Iowa, which could be tough. They have to play on the road at Michigan State and Ohio State again. Mm-hmm. And, right. I mean, I, I think, you know, I, I think you're looking at another nine-win type 9 win type of season. Again, just, just not having studied that, that schedule. Well, you got,
0: you're looking at Hawaii, Central Florida, mm-hmm. Colorado, Penn State, Wisconsin, and those are all at home. So those one, two, three, four, five games, like Angelique said – are at home and then you go on the road against Rutgers. You have a week, you have a bye week and then you, then you're at home against Illinois and then you go on the road against Michigan state at home against Maryland, go on to road against Iowa and then home against Indiana and then back on the road against Ohio state. So uh, you, you're, you're road rac- I mean, we were undefeated this year on the road that, is going to be challenged because you're going against the two big bullies on the block again. Mm-hmm. You're going against mm-hmm. Michigan State, Ohio State. So the question is, are you prepared for those games going into that situation?
2: Yeah, no, that's tough. I mean, their road games this year were what, Maryland and Indiana, which I think everybody knows is is a threat, was a threat. And, yeah, I, I, I think that's that's an impressive <laughs> that's impressive road schedule for them. I mean, I don't know how much Iowa has coming back. But that's a, that, as you know, that's a very tough place to play, and and we all know about how hard it is to play at Michigan State and Ohio State. So to me, those are that's those are three swing games. Don't know how those could go, and and the rest I think are winnable. I mean, I, I think that that's you know Wisconsin at home that that's a boost for them, and uh, Indiana again I I think that's going that could be one of those dark horse Big Ten teams if they can find mm-hmm. a way to get a defense going. So I mean I I think if you get if you could get back to back nine nine win regular seasons, I, I think that's a pretty good start considering that it was declining the last few seasons. Yeah. That's that was
1: my I, I agree with you on that. That's why I asked the question. I think we I don't wanna to get too far ahead of ourselves. We still have a bowl game to play but <laughs> um what with would it be uh the expectations right now? Uh that's what I was trying to see. Where where should or where would you see realistic expectations that's why i brought that up because i know we have some tough we had this year we played all those games at home next year we play them away and uh i and like we were talking about early on i only expected 7 wins this year i don't mm-hmm. you know and to have 9 at this point i don't want um, there to be an unrealistic expectation for next year, and we 're playing we 'll playing a lot of our tough games away and we you know we still got some t- some things to, to, to improve upon and we 're going to be losing some some players instead of gaining depth we might if we don 't have the recruiting class in which is necessary uh, we may be in a, sa- a similar situation where our First string gets hurt, and it's going to be hurt. It's going to be tough. You know, we don't, the depth is what it's really necessary right now in that
2: defensive line and offensive line. Um, well, I mean, you do get you, you'll get get those three guys. Well, maybe not Oja moody I don't know where that medical is going, their application for that. But you got Ryan Glasgow coming back. You got Monet coming back. So I mean, you know, I think that the the Indiana game was evidence that right they missed Ryan Glasgow. And you get him back. And then you get, like, a Tyrone Wheatley Jr. Well, he's redshirted this mm-hmm. year. He'll be available next mm-hmm. year. And you've got some pieces that they can start moving into the lineup. And, um, you know, they got to find a punter. I know that sounds silly, and I know it's probably not something on top of your list, but they do—they have to figure out those kinds of positions as well too, to make this a little bit more of a complete attack. And you got Higden coming up and got some experience this year. So there are some pieces there, and I'm assuming John O'Corn who you know from all accounts is a terrific quarterback, and has really learned the game this season living with Jake Rudock. So it sounds like you've got a very capable quarterback coming in. So I mean, it's, I'm not saying it's going to be great, and, and maybe they do some shifting on this offensive line because you lose a, a pretty good center in Graham Glasgow. So it'll be interesting to see where. That offensive line goes, but you're right. I mean, I, and I think you're getting it. This is still a couple seasons away from from being what what Jim Harbaugh could possibly really want this team to look like. But we are happy right now. That's that's, that's about <laughs> it.
1: It could have been a lot worse. But, but, I'm uh, happy. I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy. Uh, but we thank you so much, Angelique, for for my coming on to the huddle call. Um, to talk about the Michigan program, and we, as we said, we still have a bowl game coming up. We don't know who will be playing or when we'll be playing, but we are looking forward to that. But we just wanted to see what you know, the expectations will be for the coming year and a little bit of review of, of this year in which everyone seems to be very happy. So let's uh, look forward to this bowl game. I hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving. I'm hoping you have Uh, as we enter into the uh, seasons of festive, um, you know what I mean, Christmas and whatnot. So, everyone, I I do wish you happy holidays, and and thank you for joining us, Angelique.
2: Thank you.
1: I appreciate
2: it. I've enjoyed listening to your Huddlecast over the season, so you've done a nice job.
1: Well, we try. Thank you. It's because (laughs) of people like Jay Morris. (laughs) (laughs) Still in Ann Arbor and uh, trying to make some things happen. But that'll do it for this Huddle Call episode here on the Michigan Huddlecast. Until next time, uh, look forward to speaking to all – I look forward to you guys listening to us on the Michigan Huddlecast. Like
0: always, go blue. Go blue. You're listening to Huddle Pass, the official voice of former college athletes.
1: have been Inside the Michigan Huddle, listening to the Michigan Huddlecast with Jared Bunch and Jamie Morris, please, 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 subscribe to the Michigan Huddlecast on iTunes. The Huddle Pass app is also available to you on all mobile tablet devices. Again, thank you so much for joining us on Inside the Michigan Huddle. We'll be back soon for yet another installment of the Michigan Huddlecast. Thanks for staying with us all year
0: long. Go Blue. You are listening to Huddle Pass, the official voice of former college athletes. Get in the huddle at HuddlePass.com and HuddlePassNation.com. You can also subscribe for free to the Huddle Pass weekly game plan and to your program's huddle.
2: Get in the huddle.